Welcome to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast, a place where hungry minds discuss all things evidence-based nutrition, fitness, mindset, and healthy living. We're your hosts, registered dietitian and nutritionists, Courtney, Darian, and Hannah. Let's dive in. The information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only, so always speak to a healthcare provider such as a registered dietitian who can work with you directly about your unique healthcare needs. Hello there, and welcome back to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast. In today's episode, we're mixing it up a little bit, and instead of doing our usual topic-based podcasts, we're going to do a question and answer. We'll go through a list of very random questions, and I'm actually quite curious to hear what you have to say. But before we jump in, I'll start with our go-to question. What is the best thing you ate this week? Darian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, we did enjoy some Una pizza last night, and I think that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hannah, what about you? Yeah, well, I should have gone first. I was going to say the Broadway pizza from Una that yeah. I had last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like the formaggi pizza that has honey on it. So that was the best thing, I think. So the list of questions today are questions I put together, either questions clients have asked us, random people have asked me about being a dietitian, um, or even questions I've just seen asked in different interviews um, in podcasts that I listen to. So I put them all together in a document, and I thought we'd go through them today. So the first one I'm going to ask is a super easy one, um, and it's how do you enjoy drinking your morning cup of coffee? Ooh. Well, I do love my coffee. I um, I always have a coffee with a little bit of, well, maybe not a little bit, maybe a lot of <laughs> this vanilla almond milk like creamer. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It just like hits the spot for me. And then anything after that, I will try to kind of drink black, but I just love this vanilla creamer in the morning. Yeah, I am also just a simple coffee and a creamer gal. Um, I usually get like the Starbucks creamers, so Mm. like the caramel macchiato inspired creamer. Um, Life hack, they have a ginormous one at Costco, so that's (laughs) the one I get for my household. (laughs) What about you, Court? I'm super boring. Someone asked me this the other day, and I could just see they were like so excited for my answer. And then I was like, either a little bit of 10% cream or black, and their face just like deflated. Like, that's the most boring thing I've ever heard. And she was asking for different recommendations to like boost the protein in her coffee, which Mm. I mean, power to anyone who wants to do that. But I always just kind of drink it blacker with a little bit of cream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. What is your go-to breakfast? Well, mine's a little bit different because I often go to the gym in the morning. So I'll have something really light. And I love my oatmeal gold bars. They're a protein bar I've talked about before. So usually that's technically my breakfast or my first meal of the day. Um, And then I'll work out. And then afterwards, I'll have like a bigger breakfast that I love, like eggs and toast and avocado. Maybe sometimes I'll put some peanut butter on one piece of toast. So that would be my go-to breakfast, especially during the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I don't have necessarily a go-to. I definitely switch it up a decent amount, but I do often come back to like protein um, banana pancakes um, or we'll do something classic like breakfast sandwich with a bagel and some eggs and turkey bacon. Mm-hmm. So. Hannah, you have a recipe for your breakfast sandwich on the blog. Lots yeah. of clients really love it. It has a lot yeah. of protein in it. So if you're looking for a really filling breakfast, yeah. that's a great one. Yeah. My go-to breakfast, everyone's probably sick of hearing, but it's my egg white oatmeal. I really have not veered away from this in a long time. And 
I don't know. I just love it. It's sometimes I'll mix it up, adding a little bit of protein powder for like some sweetness and extra flavor, but I just, I can't go without it. Yeah. I was kind of anti the egg white oatmeal. I'm like, oh, I just can't see how it's good. But so many clients would say, oh, I tried the egg white oatmeal on the blog. It's awesome. So I came back to it and actually is a really good recipe. So I appreciate you sharing that, Darian. If you were hungry and could only get a snack at the gas station, what would you grab? Ooh, I like that one. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a few things I would probably grab. I did this the other, well, a couple weekends ago when I was driving to Edmonton, but I just kind of loaded up and I grabbed like some popcorn, some jerky, one of those like core power, high protein drinks. Um, I think they had a little container of fruit that was looked decent. I grabbed that. Always questionable. Uh, yeah, a little questionable <laughs> sometimes at the gas station, but it looked pretty good. Uh, and then depending, sometimes I'll grab a like, cliff builder bar if they have a different protein bar there but i'd say like a popcorn jerky like maybe high protein drink is kind of my go-to yeah i think mine would usually be scoping out the protein bar section if there's a protein bar i like mm-hmm. like sometimes you can find the rx bars i'll grab one of those just for a little snack to tide me over till my next meal or like some sparkling water i always like grabbing that to go along with a bar or a different snack Yeah, I'd probably grab definitely something salty. So it might Mm -hmm. be a popcorn or I might just do something like chips and then get something that had some protein in it. I Mm -hmm. often would gravitate towards beef jerky on the road too. Um, And then, yeah, make sure that I have something just to tie me over till I can get a nice big meal somewhere (laughs) else. (laughs) Okay, this one's kind of similar, but if you're running errands in Saskatoon and needed to stop for a quick lunch, where would you go? Chopped leaf, no questions asked. Oh, <laughs> nice. What you order there? Oh. Uh, um, the number three bowl, which is like the Greek style bowl mm, yeah, with I've chicken. Yeah. yeah, I just had it on Friday. In fact, I actually yeah. haven't had chopped leaf in so long. Oh. I have to go back. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say opas, and opas oh. is my. I would say, like lately, I've been gravitating towards that more. Usually, I go for like more burrito bowl things, but for some reason, mm-hmm. opas just like just a Greek chicken pita wrap is just so good. Mm. Yeah. I would say mine's probably Opa, like you yeah. said, the chicken Greek pita wrap or Mucho Burrito. Yeah, and I love yeah. building my own bowl and adding yeah. like all the salsas and different like veggie options they have. That's always super satisfying, mm-hmm. but it's often not convenient to where I'm running yeah. errands. So I might not make my way to Stonebridge to mm-hmm. get there. Yeah. There. If you were having friends over for supper, what would you make them? I really like making tacos for friends. I feel like that's an easy one, and most people like tacos, so I'll have to make tacos. But also, lately, like, homemade pizzas has Mm -hmm. been our meal, and I think that's super fun. And, um, yeah, so those two. Yeah, I think the first time I came over to your house, Courtney, I had tacos. You yeah. made tacos. Yeah. <laughs> um, I That is a great question. I feel like I don't have people over for supper that much, but more so like after. And so I always gravitate towards like charcuterie boards mm. um, now that I've made like a few. Um, so yeah, I guess that would be not really necessarily a meal, but that's kind of the entertainment meal. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. What about mm. you, Darian? Uh, I would say like... Sometimes more like burrito bowl style things or even like noodle bowls, kind of those Mm. build your own is nice. That way it's like you can have the bases, the ingredients, and then everyone can kind of just throw in what they want. Um, 
during so you literally never made me a noodle bowl so i'm like <laughs> well, expecting this all right <laughs> noodle bowls are on the menu then um and then i think like pita pizzas are easy too that mm. way it's again kind of that build your own style i think is kind of nice yeah for sure if someone was just starting out on a health and wellness journey what would be your top three tips for them Ooh, a little bit of a switch in topic here yeah. now. Okay. Oh, this is an interesting one. I would say my first one would be if you want to make it last, make it easy. Mm-hmm. That's right? really good. So it's yeah. like, what's the simplest thing you can do to start that feels so easy? It almost sounds like ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. why am I even starting here? But it's like, I mean, that's something we do talk a lot about with our clients, right? What's the smallest thing you can do that's easy to to build on? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say that would be like number one. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two, go in with an ad mindset, right? Like we don't want to start your journey with all the things you have to get rid of or take away. What are things that we can add into Mm -hmm. your lifestyle, your day, that it's in alignment with your goals? So really trying to see things from that perspective of what we're adding. Um. One more, Darian. One more. Do, do, Come on. Do. Fruit is not the problem. How's that? Yes. Nice. <laughs> Hannah, what about you? Um, okay, well, Darian, I feel like took some good ones off know, the table. Darian, now she we're... clearly read the list. I'm like, I made this list and I'm not even ready with my top three tips. <laughs> um, what would I say? So I would say number one, to get more comfortable or reflective with your whys. Mm. So why are you wanting to make a change? Because I think a lot of times health and fitness, things can seem very surface level for people. Um, But really, if you start to kind of peel back the onion, um, there's probably, it probably aligns with a lot of deeper values. And having that very strong reason why you're doing something can help Mm -hmm. maintain those behaviors and keep you going when kind of the newness of doing something different has worn off. Um, two, I always say if you can't, if this isn't something that you're going to do for the rest of your life, then it shouldn't be part of any phase of your journey. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, oftentimes people will come and feel like they have to not go out for dinner or not eat their favorite foods or, or whatever it is. And I say like, you know, if at some time in your life you're going to go back and eat, you know, your favorite restaurant foods, like that should be part of it now, Mm -hmm. right? While you're trying to form these habits, that's a very important thing. And then my third hmm, 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 <laughs> um, would be probably, like, I guess this is health and wellness. So, like, any type of movement is good movement. Um, and this would go, again, I think, with a lot of different habits. But, you know, anything that you're doing, you don't need to do it 100%. And so stopping yourself from doing it because you can't commit everything you want to it is definitely just keeping you Mm -hmm. in the same spot Mm -hmm. um so and that's something that I think I've struggled with even and it's only been in the last few months even where I've been like you know what if I can only go for a walk for 10 minutes even though I wanted to go for 30 I'll still go for the walk for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. so yeah that's great advice um I'll start mine off maybe with like more practical advice and that would be 
Find protein sources you love and build them into meals to help keep you full and satisfied, keep your blood sugar stable. I had to throw that blood sugar stabilization in there. <laughs> yeah. We talk about it every podcast. Um, and so that's where, as dietitians, I think we can really help you is figuring out what protein sources you enjoy, what works for your lifestyle. And yeah, I think there's just a lot of benefit to that habit for people. So quite actionable. Um, but then another one would be find a form of movement or exercise that you love. It's like the more I work as a dietitian, the more I find that nutrition and movement work so beautifully together and figuring out how you like to move your body, um, I think also makes the nutrition piece easier somehow. Mm, I, I like that. Those. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then my third piece of advice would be to focus on the roadmap instead of the destination. So what I mean by that is sometimes people can be very outcome focused um, and have a very specific goal they like to reach, which I think is great. It provides some direction. But sometimes if we're only focusing on those outcomes, we lose sight of what we can actually take Mm -hmm. action on. So um, figuring out what you can focus on each day that will keep you moving to more towards better health and wellness. Um, And I think that could be really powerful. And of course, you can check in on the outcomes if those matter to you. But what's more in your control is your daily actions. Mm -hmm. Totally. All right. I kind of like this one. What is one common piece of nutrition or wellness advice that you think is, quote unquote, wrong or simply unhelpful? Some advice that I just think isn't helpful is going in with it or hearing, I guess, all the noise out there in terms of what you should cut out. Cut out sugar, cut out dairy, cut mm-hmm. out gluten. I think it's just like that's very overwhelming for people. And I think even just myself personally and as dietitians. Um, but I think just hearing that nutrition or wellness advice, I think it really just backs yourself in a corner when you're starting out. If you think there's all these things that you have to cut out immediately, even from an overall health perspective, I think it's like just not great for you. So mm-hmm. um, I just don't love when it's like the immediate response is this is what we have to eliminate or this is how we, what we have to cut out. Mm-hmm. I think my piece of advice that I heard often, uh, especially as a nutrition student or kind of like the time that I was just getting into nutrition was um, this advice to cut out carbohydrates. And I think that it's unhelpful for many reasons, um, whether it's women's health or like performing well in your workouts or just having variety and nutritious carbohydrates in your diet. We could go on and on. But I think that's a common piece of nutrition advice that I don't believe is helpful for most people. Mm-hmm. So if I have to choose just one, it would be broad recommendations for everyone. So that, you know, you can kind of take that in a lot of different directions here. Like even if piggybacking off what Darian said about like, you know, nobody should be having dairy. Nobody should be having gluten Um, or like this is the solution for X problem. Um, And it really does a disservice, I think, to like the population as a whole because Mm -hmm. it confuses them. It can pigeonhole them. You hear so much back and forth information and you don't know what to believe. Um, But also just this idea that as human beings, we would all need the exact same thing Mm -hmm. or need the same approach. Um, And then that cookie cutter thing just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like that's very general, but I always, you know, I think being a informed consumer is important. Like if you're, Mm -hmm. you're following somebody or you hear something and they're using language that, you know, this is fact, or this is what you should be doing, unless it's based on only how human physiology works, um, then I would, I would, I would question that. I'll do a lighter one. What is a comfort food that you enjoy or (laughs) reminds you of childhood? 
Oh, okay. I kind of have two. Mm. Um, one for me is like spaghetti and meat sauce. <laughs> it was just something like we made once a week. I would help my mom cook it. And that was just a very like Wednesdays were spaghetti night in the house. And I just like now it's like whenever there's spaghetti or if I go home, I don't like spaghetti. And I'm like, oh, it just like makes me feel so good. Um, another one that I haven't had in a very long time um, since my grandma passed, but she used to make this, like, she called it bubble bread. It's mm. basically just dough, and she'd, oh, yeah. like, fry it, but then she'd put, like, powdered sugar on top. Oh. Um, and then she'd always serve it with craft Dinner, which is so <laughs> random, but it was, like, you got bubble bread with, like, powdered sugar and then craft Dinner, and it was just, like, if, you know, my cousins are around or my brother and I went over, it's, like, that's what she'd make us for lunch, and it was just so good. Darian, I feel like if you need a career shift, you could just, like, take bubble bread and go with it. Like, yeah. That Service could be the newest Katie. food trend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I might have to make it. Mine would probably be an ingredient. Oh. Super random, but sour cream. <laughs> I was reflecting on that the other day. I'm like, oh, man, sour cream was always in our fridge growing up. My grandpa put it on everything. When I eat sour cream, I'm just like, that is a childhood flavor for me. Um, and lately, I've been having it more often. Like, it's becoming a staple in my fridge now. Yeah. So I kind of love that. Sour cream. <laughs> yeah, lately, I love, like, roasting vegetables like potatoes, peppers, onions, and then putting salt and pepper and a bit of sour cream on it. So good. Okay, I'm going to have to do two as well. So one would be like a food that I did not like growing up, but then somehow in adulthood is like turned to a comfort food, which is like a tuna casserole. Mm. Oh, that's classic. Cheesy casserole. Yeah. yeah. I'm like probably hated it because my mom made it yeah. four times a week. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. She didn't. Um, no shame, mom. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I didn't love it. And she would always put, you know, like whatever was in the freezer. Like it's like peas, no corner yeah. going in, going in it today. Like whatever yeah. um but yeah now i like really i really enjoy it yeah um and so and then the other one would be lace cookies i don't know oh, yeah. yeah like yeah, the yeah. oats oh, and brown yeah. sugar like the yes. super like mm. wafer thin cookies yes. um yeah those are so good I and mean, usually we only have them around christmas but it's definitely something i, I associate with like comfort childhood yeah. and just like yeah. you guys make them or buy them yeah we would Ooh, make them yeah. yeah never had homemade yeah. ones oh well you will this year nice. jerry <laughs> I'll be expecting those. Yep. Tuna casserole is like my sad food. Because oh, no. my, my mom like worked away sometimes and she was, she was a very organized mom. So she'd make tuna casserole, like prep it and put yeah. it in the fridge and leave us a note like bake tuna casserole at 350 for however long. But it's like, oh, mom's not home tonight. <laughs> Poor association. Now. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, my goodness. Okay, this one's a little bit. Uh, tricky. Maybe you have your answers ready. Um, what are the pros and cons of being a dietitian? I feel like there are a lot of pros, so we should make sure we highlight those. <laughs> no, I, I love being a dietitian, and I, I truly think one of my favorite things as of lately is when I've been working with clients for a long time, and they really start to like take it into their own hands where they're starting to understand why we're doing the things we're doing or mm -hmm. they feel empowered with their decisions or they're having all these light bulb moments where it's like, oh my gosh, Darian, like I, I did this or this happened this weekend and this is maybe what I'd do before, mm -hmm. but it's coming from a true place of like, this is what feels so good to me. And they're starting to realize that. And mm -hmm. So I think it's just that empowerment that you can provide for clients and, mm -hmm. you know, providing that knowledge for them so they have those tools and those decision-making abilities surrounding their nutrition and just how they want to feel for themselves. And 
and just how that um, carries forward to their food relationship and just seeing that transform. Um, and then I think something cool too, I, I just, I love working with all clients, but like my athletes especially, it's just so cool. And they see like results in their performance or they feel mm -hmm. empowered and are like really understanding the capacity of food that they get to eat and enjoy to fuel their bodies and support themselves. So I think it's really just that empowerment. We have the ability to transfer to clients is mm -hmm. just, I just love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pro for me, I'm thinking of a quote we have on our website. It's fuel the body, feed the soul. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that really highlights the two things I love most about being a dietitian. The fuel the body piece being like food is really powerful. And if you learn principles that support your body, like you can have a transformation in your energy through the day. And like that translates to showing up, you know, as your best self and doing your best at whatever matters to you, whether it's being a mom mm -hmm. or an athlete or a student. So I think that's really cool. And I love that piece. But um, the feed the soul piece is mm -hmm. all understanding how food ties into our values, like Hannah uh, shared before. And, you know, it's a connection point with friends. Like yeah. last night we went out and enjoyed pizza mm -hmm. and that was such an awesome mm -hmm. experience, but also family, like so yeah. many connections, whether it's, you know, traditions or holidays. Um, so that piece and helping clients understand how food actually can be both and mm -hmm. helping them find that balance. Um, I really enjoy that. So I think that it is nice to be in a position or to have the knowledge of kind of that physiology piece and know like what's actually happening in someone's body and then also be able to come at it from the real life piece, right? Like mm -hmm. we all eat, we all have a food relationship, we all like are we're not you know as dietitians immune to messaging that's thrown around and so because we have that education piece we have the science backing and and we work with so many people so we have a great understanding of a like where a lot of people are coming from from an information perspective and and different background perspective um it is like a rewarding thing to be able to help kind of sift through all the misinformation and um, redirect to things so that they can get to the point where like Darian's talking about that you know they're almost like I often will get, be in meetings with clients I'll be like this is great you're doing my job for me now mm -hmm. right like that's so nice like to be able to help other people get to that point where they're actually being able to be not only informed consumers but also be making choices based off what's best for them um, understanding how their body's responding understanding their mindset around it and and mm -hmm. kind of putting that together, hopefully with a little bow on it, more or less, um, mm -hmm. for their own life. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Con um, time. The con. <laughs> I kind of have two. Like, one, I would say this isn't necessarily a con of being a dietitian, but it's more, um, well, I guess it is. But I feel like once people know that, they almost have, like, a viewer certain lens of how they expect you to eat mm. like I don't know it's just oh, something yeah. I feel like it's becoming less and less but it's just something where it's like you know oh you're, you're not gonna eat this right yeah. because it's like well it's like well why wouldn't I eat that pizza mm -hmm. or that cake you know mm -hmm. so it's like I think they maybe put their own like what they've heard or like that title yeah. on you to kind of fulfill and have those expectations um I feel like that's getting better and better I feel like when I was first in school and like became a dietitian a lot of just like people around me were like just had expectations of how I would be eating then mm -hmm. and yeah. you just sort of like have to kind of break that mold mm -hmm. um another one that maybe sounds kind of silly but you just know too much like yeah. it's like and I'm not saying this in like a restrictive sense but it's like I sometimes just look at food and it's like I know exactly what's in that and it's like I could break it down and it's like 
sometimes I wish I didn't know the composition of food. Mm, and not yeah. that I'm not going to ever eat something because of that. But it's like yeah. sometimes you just know so much mm-hmm. about different food that you can't turn that lens off. Mm-hmm. I yeah. guess it's just always there. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll jump in because it kind of yeah. piggybacks off okay. that last one that you did, your con, um, is the fact that, like, as dietitians, we have to feed ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have to make our own food choices um, every day, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, like, Courtney and I, I think, have, a conver- have had conversations around this, but it is a unique profession in that way that, you know, like, we're talking about food choices for people, but you never really get a break from it, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, you're doing it as your career, but you're also doing it for yourself. And and it can get kind of exhausting. And also, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, you're, like, everything's about food. Not only do you have to make food choices for mm-hmm. you, you have to make, help other people, you know, guide, like, where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can find, you know, there's that weird kind of not separation, I guess, like, mm-hmm. with work and um, your own stuff, because it's not like you can take a break and not eat, you know, like, yeah. yourself. Not mm-hmm. that you would ever want to do that. But, um, so I feel like that is a con, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my con, it's kind of like Darian said, you look at food differently, Mm -hmm. but I feel like Darian was talking about the composition of the food specifically, Mm -hmm. and mine is like, I'm seeing food through so many people's, like, lived experiences Mm -hmm. and perspectives, so it gets so complicated. It's like, I can see this choice from someone who's struggling with disordered eating. I can see this choice from Mm -hmm. the angle of someone who's an athlete or someone who's a mom, Mm -hmm. and it's like, there's all of these different perspectives of why we eat, why we, we would choose something, and I've worked with so many people that... That I have mm-hmm. so many perspectives that, um, you know, when people maybe have very, as Hannah shared earlier, like very pointed advice, like this is the way it mm-hmm. is. It's like I can never f- see it that simply. Yeah. And sometimes I wish I could. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Totally. yeah. <laughs> it keeps me up at night. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too many lenses. Yeah. yeah. So it makes food seem Too like more lenses. complicated yes. than sometimes I want it to be and when people ask me nutrition questions Mm -hmm. it's like I wish I could give you the Mm -hmm. simple answer that you want but it's very complex yes (laughs) no that's a hundred percent it someone asked me my opinion on something one day and I had too much of my dietitian like cap on and I just like dissected it and they're like oh like not really what I was looking for I was like well you asked my opinion and I guess I just was like oh they want like as much information as possible and it was just like no but anyways yes I like that answer Court. All right, a little bit of a shift here. What is your favorite book to recommend, Ooh. fiction or nonfiction? Hannah, you're a big reader. I know. Okay, you can think about this. Um, <laughs> Darian's like, I am prepared. <laughs> well, so this is like court put me onto this one. So sorry okay. if I'm stealing oh. yours, but Atomic oh. Habits. Oh, yeah, that is I think a great it's one. just such yeah. a great overall book. Like mm-hmm. wherever you're at in life, it doesn't have to be like a nutrition or wellness mm-hmm. journey. But I think if you're just looking to make changes, and I truly really enjoyed Atomic Habits. Yeah. My favorite book to recommend, it's kind of a fiction, but it's also in a way it it almost has like some life advice and it's The Alchemist. I just love that book. There's uh, the storyline of the the main character. He's he always says he's like searching for his personal legend, which is essentially Mm -hmm. just like, I guess, following your heart, following your gut, like figuring out what you want to do with life. But it's just like a great story that I think has so many lessons in it. And I read it while I was traveling. So it maybe has like a special place in my heart for that reason. But I'll often recommend that book. 
Um, okay, yes, I do read quite a bit, but I feel like I read like a lot of thrillers, or which are all great and probably one of my favorite genres. Um, but one book that I really enjoyed is called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. Mm. Um, and it's a, her name's Lori, can't think of her last name, but she's a therapist. Um, and she like kind of goes through like different people that she sees and goes through their storylines and everything. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a really interesting book. Um, and I don't know, can't really give a summary because there's like six characters in it or like yeah. people, I guess. But it's it's an interesting, like almost bridging the gap between fiction and nonfiction because mm-hmm. there's definitely some fiction elements, I think, that she probably added to it. But yeah, it's a really like fascinating book and gives you good perspective on like human condition, mm-hmm. I think, the human condition. And um, yeah, so that would be okay. what I'd recommend. Awesome. Yeah. So while we're on this question, I'm curious, do you read books or do you like mm. audiobooks? I'm a big oh. audiobook person. I love listening and walking or doing chores around the house, so I'm always on audiobooks. Yeah, I definitely used to be more of a reader, but I'd say more of an audiobook listener. It's just a little more convenient. <laughs> yeah. I would be, I'd say, 70% reading books and then maybe 30% audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I'll find often I'm in like a book club, I'll listen to that one on audio because mm-hmm. um, oftentimes I'm listening to it at a 2.2 speed <laughs> just to get it done in time for book club. Um, but typically I'll read an actual book. All right. What's your favorite winter activity in Saskatchewan? Could be like exercise and movement or maybe something else. I will kick it off and say cross-country skiing. Um, A couple years ago, um, my whole family got cross-country skis. So now that's like a nice activity that's pretty accessible for us. And in in Saskatoon specifically, we're pretty lucky. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of um, groomed trails. So yeah, I would say that that is probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to get into that this winter. Um, But I would say my go-to is definitely skating at the Oval in Saskatoon. The public skate is awesome, and I'll try to hit it up like one to two times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's probably my Mm go-to. You know, I feel like I don't have like a specific favorite winter activity. One thing I guess I'll say I want to get more into, I used to snowboard a lot growing up, Mm -hmm. and I just haven't in recent Mm -hmm. years. I feel like Mm -hmm. I, I do genuinely love it. Like I went to the mountains, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I just... It's just so much fun. So I feel yeah. like snowboarding, but I do love like going for a rock in the winter time. It's just really beautiful when there's like some frost on the trees and like you're down by the river. Mm-hmm. Sorry, rock, I guess. Is yeah, like I was, a, I was just going to say, might not know what that is. Rock. explain. Um, <laughs> actually, Courtney, how would you describe a rock? I think a rock is just like when you're walking with anything weighted, whether yeah. it's like a backpack or a vest. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. People can um, correct us if yes. we got that wrong, but that's what I describe a rock as. Yeah. So pretty much a walk with a little bit of extra And it's kind of like a little bit hilly, and but it's mm-hmm. just like very beautiful down mm-hmm. by the river in yeah, Saskatoon. Yeah, through those trails. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's nice. What's your favorite summer activity? I think mine's just walking around Saskatoon yeah. in the summer, like walking to a restaurant on a Saturday night, mm-hmm. like meeting friends for a walk, doing mm-hmm. the loops around the Miwasan Trail. Um, biking is awesome too. Yeah. So yeah, walking or biking. That's good. Yeah. I'll, I'll second what Courtney said around walking for sure in the summer. I love walking around Saskatoon and, you know, 
you appreciate it more because in the winter it's not as accessible like a beautiful thing to be able to walk out your door and just be on the go and not have to spend 10 minutes bundling up um and then also i have gotten into mountain biking so Mm. interestingly enough i don't actually love mountain or biking in (laughs) the city um but yeah i do really enjoy going to the mountains to downhill bike yeah i'd love to try that yeah Mm. girls trip to revelstoke this summer that'd be fun (laughs) (laughs) Darian, what about you? Um, Well, I do love walking. I would have to say my number one is golfing in the summer. Mm. I just love golf. Yeah, you're great at it, too. (laughs) How very country club of you. Don't say I'm great. (laughs) I don't know if I would call myself great, but thank you. Yeah, my standard is probably very low. (laughs) But I do think you're a good golfer. But yes, golfing. What is the best purchase you've made recently under $100? I'm too rich for this question. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Darian. Jesus, God, this <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. This is hard. Um, all right. I can do it. Okay. Um, it's not how recent. Okay. We're, okay. So I would say like the best purchase I've made that's under $100 probably was my Christmas tree last year. Yes. I love, <laughs> I love that. Christmas. I love Christmas. It is up and it is great. Um, it's thriving. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that, honestly, just because, like, you know, the lights and everything, I just, the vibe is immaculate. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I uh, really love. So yeah. that would be mine. Sparks some joy every time you see it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Only like in two months of the year. But I yeah. love it. Yeah. I'd have to say my Monstera. Oh. It was like two over, I guess over two years ago now, but it was like the first plant I ever purchased and I wasn't as big into plants, I guess, as everyone kind of was during COVID and everything, but it was probably like $20 and I, it is thriving. I've probably <laughs> had like seven like children from this Monstera. Like describe that because I feel like people are okay, like, weird. Mean? Like you've so propagated, propagated it. it. <laughs> and this plant is huge. Like, I can't. This sounds really weird. Um, but no, this monstera is like thriving and it's ginormous. And I've been able to propagate like, yeah, seven other plants from it that I've gifted or keeping. But they're like huge. And I think it's just been very fulfilling to see it grow and like how well it's done. So I think my monstera. Was my leaf from her plant? Uh, nope. That oh. was a different one. Okay. Never mind yeah. then. <laughs> Mine are I not g- thriving. <laughs> yeah. I gave Hannah a monstera. Maybe hers is. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. okay. Um, that's a hard follow-up, Darian. Yeah. I feel like that was, like, really beautiful. <laughs> um, mine would be my stovetop espresso maker. Um, oh. Yeah, I've just enjoyed drinking coffee that way. And, yeah, I, I feel like every morning I really look forward to my coffee. So I was re- as I was reflecting on this question, I'm like, I wouldn't want to be without it. So... Yeah, that would be mine. Okay, so then follow-up. What is the best recent purchase you've made over $100? Mine would be my Assault Air Runner. So it's a treadmill that's, like, self-propelled. Was it just a little bit over $100? (laughs) Just a little. Look at how much this treadmill is. I definitely treated myself, and I love it. I use it all the time. Um, So, yeah, that would be... I thought, I'm like, hey, if I buy this, I better be using it. And I have. And I'm really glad I did. This is maybe a little bit of a spin, but um, 
I took a trip to BC this summer, so I guess my plane ticket because I just had so. (laughs) I went along too. (laughs) (laughs) It was just so I haven't been out to visit my family in a long time, and we did so much, and it just I was like, oh, that was so worth it, and just to spend that time. So Darian's family loves her so much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very lucky. I was like, what is happening? Everyone's (laughs) crying when we're leaving. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't been out to BC in a while, and it was that was definitely more than worth it. but I guess maybe this isn't quite a tangible thing. But yeah, no, my plane ticket to BC. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. My best purchase over a hundred dollars. I have like they're horrendously ugly, but like these platform UGG slippers, like oh house slippers. Oh my gosh, I yeah. love yeah. those. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, they're awesome. I love them because you know. I get some flack from my family because it's like they're slippers, but they're a sandal, and it's perfect. Your toes can breathe, your heel can breathe, and the mid part of your foot is just cozy and warm. They're so, so cute. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so when you are in a funk, what do you do to feel better or get back on track? When I'm in a funk, there's a couple of things. Typically, I'll try to like get stuff done. Like, it's yeah. like maybe just like get some errands done, or like you know do some organization or kind of just like see what I need to do to maybe make myself even just like feel less overwhelmed or Mm. check off Mm -hmm. some boxes but then also relax at the end of that day like you know it's like okay you know what I got things done that actually made me feel better but now I'm just gonna like watch a movie Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna lay low and that's okay um so I'd say it's like it's a little bit of both it's like almost keeping myself busy which maybe isn't like people are like, oh, it's disassociating, but that's okay. <laughs> Keeping myself busy, yeah, but then I also just taking that. that time to relax and being okay with yeah. that and knowing that it's like, you know what, tomorrow's a new day or, you know, whatever's coming up is new and it'll be okay. So I think there's that combination. Yeah, I agree with that. I find when I am in a funk, I'll usually mm-hmm. organize or clean. Mm-hmm. And whether it's like accomplishing those tasks or creating that really supportive environment, mm-hmm. that seems to help me out. Um, but what I was reflecting on as I was thinking about this is, I'll use one of two things, and I have to be really careful, I think, with what I need. So um, I used to always journal when I was in a funk, which I think can be great for me, but sometimes it almost makes me more focused on myself or, like, more reflective, and that's almost what I'm, like, struggling with. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, in my head too much, and then journaling Mm -hmm. makes it worse. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes what I think I actually need and what helps the most is getting outside, like, into the world, looking around, (laughs) and I think nature is just very powerful and it sometimes gets me out of my head and focused on something a lot bigger than myself so that would be a tool that probably helps me more often but I still do use journaling I just have to be careful it doesn't make me like even more reflective Mm -hmm. which is sometimes not what I need yeah yeah I think and you said environment Courtney I think that that is a huge one for me so um if I'm feeling in a funk is what can I control in my environment first so Mm -hmm. kind of like cleaning up making sure that I feel like at peace kind of with things around me um and then also setting like pretty hard boundaries I would say is like a good way for me to get out of a funk um you know with our job it's you can kind of work whenever Mm -hmm. um and sometimes even you know when maybe I feel like hey I could work now like that is fine um I find that if I do that too much it almost like perpetuates or gets me into a funk so if I actually put a hard um line there saying you know I'm stopping at 6 p.m um I find that that really, I kind of hate the term, but like fills my cup um, Mm -hmm. in a way because it gives me space to relax. What is your favorite quote or piece of advice that resonates with you? 
Darian, I think you have an answer to mm-hmm. this. This is one I've been thinking about more and more and like really trying to kind of adopt. And it's just that when we shift like our focus or our efforts um, on what we can control, we're more empowered and must much less like frustrated by things that are beyond our control. Right. Mm-hmm. So essentially it's like you don't control what happens. We can control how we can control um, how we respond to what happens. So it's something mm-hmm. I've been like really trying to work on for myself. So I really like that advice. My mom used to always give that advice to Darian. So I can appreciate mm-hmm. that. Sometimes it's hard to do. Yes. But it is really great advice. Yeah. Yeah. This is a bit of advice, but maybe more of a concept. And is that idea that when things are going wrong or things aren't going the way that you want them to go, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be fixed or that they shouldn't be happening Mm. um and so yeah when I was in um, my undergrad my first undergrad I did a lot of work on like self-compassion research and one of the things that they talk about within that field is kind of this idea that oftentimes we go into fixing mode or we can really get low when things aren't going the way we want them to but really this idea that you know suffering, hard times and all that is just part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and almost being able to accept that and know like I don't need to go into automatic fixer or, you know, just because this is happening doesn't mean that this is, you know, needs to be blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. And it's just part of life, just like the good stuff is part of life. Um, that is a really helpful, like I said, maybe more concept kind of that mm-hmm. that I go back to. So a piece of advice that I recently got um, was to focus on what I can do for other people. Um, I think naturally through my life, I don't want to use the word selfish, but I think I can be a little bit selfish or very like focused on myself and what I'm doing, whether it's like with my business or with athletics. And that's just kind of, I guess, how I don't want to say how I was raised, but that's kind of how my personality can be. And so advice that my boyfriend Dean gave me is to focus on what you can do for other people. Um, And maybe that's something that comes naturally to many. But for me, it is something that I have to think about. And it is really amazing when you start focusing on that and like how you feel helping other people. So it's something that I have to be a little bit more intentional with. But um, yeah, I think it's really great advice. Are there any nutritional supplements that you think are underutilized And which supplements do you think are maybe overrated or popular that you wouldn't necessarily recommend? I would say pre-workout. Or overrated? Overrated, yeah. Popular, and it's not something I would recommend. I just think that people often use it in a a way where they're overstimulating themselves and maybe they need to check in with their recovery. So I think pre-workouts, yeah, just Mm -hmm. a lot of caffeine, a lot of stimulants. I know it feels awesome to take them, but I would say it's overutilized and not something that I would recommend. Um, this is a really like dietitian-y answer for underutilized, but I would say vitamin D, mm-hmm. um, just yeah. very important for us Canadians. Um, I think there's, you know, more and more research, um, showing that, uh, yeah, just take your vitamin D, especially November through March. So yep. that would be my underutilized supplement. I like it. Um, my underutilized supplement would be magnesium. <laughs> Darian's looking at T-Bone, T-bone. On our podcast. He's taking magnesium and loving it. <laughs> it's just like, honestly, I think more people are maybe lower or even deficient in it than we realized. Um, but it's it's just involved in so many processes, like muscles, nervous system, like just like hormones even. Mm. So I think magnesium is a very important um, mineral to be getting. 
Say I didn't want to take it from yeah. a supplement. What could I source? Yeah, so lots of like dark leafy greens, even like dark chocolate, um, nuts and seeds. But they're, they will have them, but just in lower amounts. So it's, it is one of those that it's just hard to get enough of through food. But you definitely can still support your body with some of mm-hmm. those richer sources. Mm-hmm. Um, a supplement that I think is overrated, greens powder for oh, sure. Yeah. Like don't, yeah, just don't <laughs> even bother. <laughs> I'm going to say it. <laughs> um, what would I say? I honestly think... It is kind of hard, especially since Courtney took vitamin D, which is the only blanket <laughs> supplement that yeah. I, like, give to all clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I honestly don't know if I have one for nutritional supplement that is underutilized other than just echoing vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Um, overrated, like, you know, 98% of the supplements that are sold, honestly, um, just from especially like sports supplements. I mean, just from the perspective, there's not that much great mm-hmm. research um, to support a lot of them. And yeah, like I honestly just like a blanket statement. I feel like there's few supplements that we would recommend, even from a specific standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe I'd circle back and say the one that maybe is underutilized for a specific population is creatine. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. yeah, so creatine, say that one. Yeah, is yeah. one of those like sport, um, more performance related like supplements that does have a lot of backing for energy production. Um, and I think. Oftentimes, women especially will shy away from it. Um, But yeah, so that would be maybe my over, my underutilized, but still definitely not a blanket recommendation one. Mm -hmm. And overutilized, 98% of the supplements (laughs) is on the market. (laughs) It's 6 a.m. and you decide to do an early morning workout. What would you eat or would you eat? Darian. Uh, Yes. Um... (laughs) Yes, that's my answer. <laughs> um, I mean, I think sometimes I definitely am like, oh, it is hard to eat that early. But I think I have kind of experimented here where if I have had to work out early, I would try to eat. And it would probably be either a caramel rice cake or a fruit squeeze just because I find personally they just doesn't feel like I'm eating a lot. They digest very quickly. And even just that small amount of carbohydrate can make a pretty noticeable impact on my workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine would probably be a half a oatmeal gold bar mm. if I feel like I have mm-hmm. enough time to digest that or a date. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah. I find those are easy. Yeah. Sometimes I don't enjoy them, but I'm like, whatever, it gets the job done. I know the consequence of not eating for mm-hmm. me, so I just hit yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, 100% for sure. Unless the only thing I was doing was going to go for a walk in mm. the morning. Oh, yeah. Um, I would for sure eat something. And I would most likely gravitate towards, I'd typically go with two caramel rice cakes mm. or a banana. I've also dabbled in the dates as yeah. well. I know sometimes that early morning date texture just really gets you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've never wanted to think something's too sweet. But oh. sometimes when I have a date, I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. that's sweet. But mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. does get the job done. Are there any qualities or characteristics that you find common among clients who are successful in reaching their nutrition or wellness goals that you've noticed? I would say um, it kind of comes back to that piece of advice I gave earlier. I find clients who are successful, they focus on that roadmap. Mm -hmm. They're very willing to let go of outcomes and focus Mm -hmm. on what they can control each day. And I think they're very successful (laughs) when they choose to do that. So that would be for sure a characteristic, but also just like a willingness and openness to learn and reflect and adjust. Um, 
yeah, I think that's yeah. a great approach to take when making changes to your mm-hmm. nutrition habits. Yeah, I agree with that one. It's like they're willing and wanting to learn why food is working a certain way for them or why we're taking the approach we are versus just completely outsourcing all the decision making to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I agree with that. Um, I think one too is that they have realistic expectations for how long changes can take. I think that's Mm -hmm. a huge one that will dictate their success versus thinking that everything is going to happen in a week or Mm -hmm. even a month. Right. They know that it's going to take time and they're okay with that. Mm -hmm. I'll often say it's like this delicate balance of patience and persistence, like a willingness to change and adjust, but also Mm -hmm. like that patience to give um, the changes time. Yeah. I would say from my point of view, I think it's clients who are open and willing to experiment Mm -hmm. um, or open and willing to push kind of the boundaries of what they've heard in the past or what they think um because from for a lot of times like I'm asking clients to almost do like a 180 of what they've kind of come in thinking that I'm going to suggest that they're going to do right or that they've done in the past or they've heard from other people Mm -hmm. and so like I'll always say nutrition is an experiment but if they're open and willing to try something different um then I often find that, you know, as the weeks go on, it's like quite an amazing experience to see like them actually in real time experience something that is so different. Um, and I mean, hopefully it works for them. Sometimes it doesn't and we readjust. But yeah, just an openness, like an open mind, I guess. What is a tip you'd give to someone struggling with body image? One tip I feel like there's many in body image is a you know, a topic that I talk about with a lot of clients and you really have to peel back the onion on body image. Um, It's different for everybody and it's just something that, you know, we can't escape. Mm -hmm. Um, However, one very tangible thing is to get clothing that fits you and that you feel comfortable in. Uh, If you are wearing clothing that is overly tight um, or, you know, is a constant reminder of, oh, I used to fit into these pants better or these pants used to fit better or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, that will make your body image worse guaranteed on a daily basis. So if you can get clothing um, that you feel good in um, and that fits your body, all of a sudden you don't have this external trigger essentially that's constantly reminding you about your body, your body changing, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a tip that I would offer kind of comes back to what I said about like getting yourself out into the world. I think sometimes if you can connect to something bigger than yourself, that can help shift your mindset, maybe even just for a few moments. So going outside, um, you know, focus on something you enjoy doing. Um, That's a tip that I've offered people and I know it can be helpful for myself as well. Mm -hmm. Do you have any goals that you are personally working towards? So my goal is to get back to moving regularly. Um, So, I mean, for a long time, I haven't really had to think about, you know, making movement a super priority because it's just been something that I've prioritized automatically. But I've noticed in the last few months, even a year maybe, that it's kind of been less of a non-negotiable to me Um, and I know it makes me feel better so I'm actually just like working towards integrating that back in strength training back in about four times a week so and I think that's also a good sometimes reminder is that you know even with all the information in the world Mm -hmm. um, and the habits in the world is that you know you have to reset sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah, so that'd be mine that's a good one 
Yeah. I think for me, like bigger picture things like being a more thoughtful friend or focusing on what I can do for others. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe as a more personal goal, I've been working on my running and just seeing some improvements that way. Mm -hmm. And I had a client um, start exercising and I just love what she said. She's like, I'm giving this a year. And not that she meant like I'm giving it a year and I'm like going to stop moving, but it was kind of her first time moving her body Mm -hmm. and integrating exercise. And she's like, I'm going to give it a year and just like commit and see, you know, how I feel. And I thought about that for myself with running. It's like, I just want to be a consistent runner for a year and longer than that as well and just see, you know, how I enjoy it and where it gets me. So that's something that I've committed to since summer now and I've really enjoyed it and working on my running and probably Mm -hmm. setting some goals for maybe some 10Ks in the summer. What about you, Darian? Personal goals for myself right now. um, I've really been enjoying mixing in some extra weightlifting at the gym. So I think it's something I'd maybe like to focus a little bit more on and see where that can take me. But I'd say overall, I do have goals just surrounding um, being a really great coach, being a good dietitian, and I think just looking um, to see what areas I can improve on so that I am supporting those people to the best of my abilities. Um, I think just maybe even taking on some more continued learning and education for myself is an ongoing goal. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up with one last question. What is your favorite recipe on the Vitality blog or somewhere else on the internet? I think one of my favorites is probably the buffalo chicken spaghetti squash bake. Like, I know it's like such a OG one for you, Corp, but I I think it's so good. Yeah, mine would be probably like recipes from the blog. I really like the banana muffin recipe Mm -hmm. and we have a few variations of it. And I find myself making that fairly often. It's a nice pre-workout snack as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'd circle back. I might have (laughs) one of those at 6 a.m. if I had some in the freezer. So that's a recipe I find I come back to um, quite often. I would say um, self-promotion on the blog, which would be any cookie (laughs) recipe I've ever put on there. Um, Those would be my favorites, Um, especially the ginger snaps, tis the season. Um, And then also elsewhere, I guess, would be a skillet lasagna that I've been sharing with a lot of clients. Yeah, I found that lasagna can be like an overwhelming thing to make, but it being, you know, in a skillet, so it's all on stovetop is really awesome. Yeah, I like it maybe coming a version coming to the blog soon yeah that (laughs) would be great yeah Thank you for listening to our Q&A podcast today. We'd love to do this episode again. So if you have any questions, definitely submit them to us. You can go through the contact form on our website, vitalitynutrition.ca, or you could even send us a message through Instagram. So our Instagram is at vitalitynutrition underscore. So shoot us your questions. We'll collect them and do a listener Q&A, hopefully sometime soon. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for spending your time with us. To further fill your plate, follow us on social media using the links in our show notes or visit us online at vitalitynutrition.ca. And as always, we welcome your ratings and reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay fed, stay moving, and stay well. Produced at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.